Okay, hi everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the That Christian Next Door podcast. Today, I am joined by my familiar friends. You might know them from our episode two, Confronting the Self. Uh, Mr. Carlos Ebubiope, who has been with us mm-hmm. uh, from the start, and uh, Mr. Femi Emmanuel, mm-hmm. our latest uh, alumni, join, joining us in the show. And then you have myself as well, Samuel. So good to have you here, and I am glad to be here as well. So we are going to be reflecting in this episode on the last two episodes that we conducted on the podcast with Pastor Daiwil Bankole. I hope you had a chance to listen to it and were blessed by it. We certainly were. So guys, what were your takeouts from those episodes? Start with uh, Abel Bain. Yeah, hi Sam. Hi Femi. Um, great hi. to have you guys back on this episode. So the conversation with Pastor Daiwil was again very thrilling enjoyed it loved everything he said just like brother wally you know to see another pastor or leader you know taking up the mantle and leading another generation of youths that will love jesus you know that will stand for him represent him at all spheres of life is amazing um his resume and just you know cv by speaking with him sounds very impressive from what he's achieved or and what he's continuously achieving in society especially here in ireland I'm very, very impressed with it. And of course, um, biblically, as a pastor, I believe he's also, you know, sharing God's word and impacting lives um, throughout his church and throughout different communities. And, you know, getting to speak with him on the theme of this series, Family Matters, was also great to see how he identified, you know, the themes of communication, repentance, um, decision making, which I, I could say is more or less um, in the area of perspective was was also great to see and just how he you know brought new perspectives about the political son which we couldn't see um you know we had this conversation with oh we, we did the review with brother wally and we we thought we've you know unlocked new gems but oh. then we, we keep on getting more and more and i think that's the the idea of getting these people in and hopefully as we, we progress even into the new year we get more speakers that can shed their light um, and their own opinions and what, what else they see in that story of the prodigal son. And I know many people just look at the story and they see it on a very platonic level. And, you know, when they see the prodigal son, they say, oh, yes, um, just the issue of repentance and coming back. But there's so much we can grab into it, especially from um, the family matters um, topics. So I, I think it, it's it's great to have Pastor Daiwil. It was great to have him on board. And I, I look forward to, you know, getting deep into it. Yeah, I think I'll just jump in there. I think he, he wasn't just, he wasn't just a, that he came in to, to give a different view. And he, he, he was biblical based as well. And at the same time, he, he related to the, related it to the common society issues where we are at the moment as a church, as a family, as a body at large and where we can be or where we should aim to be and how we should be acceptance or acceptive or I, I don't know what sort of English to use there and but how acceptance. We can, yeah to, to accept people um, because and receptive to be receptive thank you very much and um, those are the a class English students there <laughs> <laughs> to be receptive of, of, of people and um, doesn't mean to condone this you know to condone whatever behavior that the they're behaving or whatever it is they're doing, but to accept the people and he maybe gave an example of, you know, if Jesus was to was to go to to a place or to see two people, one that is a church goer and the other one with a club, um 
<laughs> who goes to a club? Who would he go to first? And obviously, most people would have thought, oh yeah, obviously he would go to the saints. But that's not the case because Jesus would, would have, you know, gone to someone that he wanted to say. Yeah, what do you think, sir? I, I like a lot of things he talked about in terms of the community service. I, I, I think that there is a place for Christians to play a role in community service. And I think that Christians are underrepresented in that in that sphere. I think as well, um, he touched on a lot of topics, actually, and um, he touched on the fact that, you know, there is a price to pay to get into Christianity, much as there is a price to pay to get into any sports hall or club or whatever it is. There is a price to pay, and, and that price is that you give up yourself and you, you choose to do things God's way. And um, he also mentioned the test of a Christian is when they are faced with a contrary view to their own and, you know, what do they do then? So I was really blessed by the opportunity to um, speak with him, to interview him, to chat and laugh with him and to see how passionate he was about what he does, what he believes in. And it inspired me to be uh, to aim to be more more passionate, to aim to be more driven about this whole thing. And, you know, let's let's see where we can take it. And the and just, just jumping in there with you, Sam, um, I think I touched on this in episode two. Um, with the idea of repentance and coming back to to God, and I mentioned you know about us becoming sons, and you know coming back as a son. And I think Pastor Dai will also mention that, you know, w- when we speak of this issue of salvation or the topic of salvation to an unbeliever, um, it it seems that it's it's so complex and difficult to comprehend. But I think he mentioned that the reason why we're not experiencing a large influx back into the kingdom of God is because people don't generally believe. And I think the key word there is believe. You know, as many that believed, he gave them the right to become sons of God. So I think that, you know, the issue which we're facing um, of people, like even when I was you know, sharing this with somebody that you have to become a son of God, you have to accept the fact that you're engrafted in his family. It's like all gibberish to, to the person. It's because, you know, the idea of believing these things um, isn't isn't there believing you know believing and actually you know accepting the fact that you truly are or you truly can be in that family and you know just to digress a bit he mentioned something which was very very powerful um, in the issue of the prodigal son and he said that the reason why people don't you know see God as that um father is because they haven't really experienced what a father can do and I think this is what we we see in today's generation where many people have been hurt, especially in Ireland. I think we, we discussed about this last time, Sam, in the previous series, as why the church isn't growing. Why isn't Christianity dominating as it used to be? Because people have been hurt by the church and people have been more or less hurt by father figures within the church. And so can I just say that people have been hurt by people Yeah. in the church? I think that's very important. That, um, that's actually a key, key word there, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we're all people. Now, continue, Sam. Actually, I, I just love the way that that point came to you. And because m- most of the time, when we li- sorry, Bube, when we look at this, someone hurting me is almost like, oh, he was a father, oh, he's the pastor, oh, he was this. But w- something we tend to forget is that all every single person says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So. Which means every single person is responsible for working out their salvation. Yes, we do have people. Including hurt people. Including hurt mm-hmm. people. You know, so yes, we do have people that have been placed in places of authority. But when we take that away, let's look at this to 
two scenarios. We look at it from a church perspective, and this man is meant to be a saint and holy and all that, forgetting that he's human. But when we have a political figure, right, that is meant to represent the people, that is meant to look after the country, the nation, he messes up, he falls, oh yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. They knock him off, they replace him. That's it. Nobody looks at the political system, nobody looks at the overall system, right? They don't blame Fina Fall or Fina Gale for that. It's the person that has made that error. Likewise, when someone that obviously we are meant to be representatives of Jesus Christ, but we are not God, we are made in his likeness. So everybody, as long as we are in this flesh, we're prone to error. So hair is human, which means if you are hurt by a person, it wasn't God. He, he does not tend, he said, because he, evil does not dwell in him. He, like, God is not the one. He's not the orchestrator of such. So don't look at the person as, oh, because he has represented God. That means God done evil. That's just a human nature that we all carry and are susceptible to, you know, making mistakes. Please, God, that we, we we're, the reason we're having podcasts like this is so we can address it, we can you know, pinch it from the bottom from a younger generation like this and people older than us and people younger than us, we can see, okay, there is a way, which is the Jesus's way, not the person's way, not me, my opinion, my way of doing things, but the Jesus's way. And when we look at the lifestyle of Jesus, did Jesus ever do such? He, he always wanted to spend time with people and to, you know, to, to, to relate with people and to teach people about life. And I, I, I think in a way, and not to belittle anyone's feelings, but I think it's easy, it's, it's easy to blame the church because that gives you an out from believing. Yeah, it, it gives you an out from attending church, mm. you know. Um, now, I, I understand in some ways whereby it was facilitated, you know, some evil doing something bad was facilitated by a group of people, by a collective of people. I also understand that point. Um, so, look, we don't belittle anything. But I, I, I think, yeah. though, it's very important that we have a role to as Christians, as those who are in as those who are still believing, who are still strong to say, OK, hold on, um, there is a better way. Um, you know, you're welcome. God wants you. God loves you. Um, and God wants you part of his family. And I think that that is something um, that we should all as Christians be a part of um, this, this community work, bringing people, showing them love through actions, showing them what we enjoy in our personal relationship with God and, and, and sharing that onwards. It will be, I caught you off. What were you saying? Yeah, I'm just taking them the side of the people who don't believe. Um, <laughs> ten, so ten, 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 ten minutes later. Apart. It will be ten minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you guys trying to, you know, you know, defend your church here and you know, blame, put fingers here. But what I'm trying to say is that I want people to genuinely believe that, you know, they can be in the family of God. But I'm trying to get into their mind as to why they don't believe. And Pastor Diaryl mentioned the reason why they can't see, as you mentioned just there, Sam, you know, seeing God as that father um, or as that figure who wants, you know, you in his family. You, It's easy to say, but they won't really, you know, believe it because... They've never seen a father figure. They've never seen someone that can be able to protect, to nurture, to guide. But if we study the God of the Bible, we see that this is all he does. 
this is all that he's encapsulated with love, you know, caring, protection. This is the God we serve. And our role in this podcast and through the family matters and even through the scripture, Luke 15, is to show that, you know, through the, the lens of the father in that story, that God pulls people back. He restores them and he's genuinely loving. He genuinely cares for you. And this is for anybody listening now that, yes, it's 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 hard to believe. But you just have to have a bit of faith that God is able to protect you, is able to nurture you, that though you might have past experiences, that there's a more loving father is when you can truly, you know, begin to embrace the idea of coming into his family. Actually, talking about believing, Pastor Daewil did actually mention something about believing that um, if it was that simple, everyone would believe that is actually not something that is that simple, but it's something that God gives the grace, you know, to believe for as many that believe to them, it gives a power, you know. So in, in the believing is when you receive a power to become a son, a daughter. But he didn't give a power to become a servant. He didn't give a power to become slave. He said a son, which means that you are engrafted. Like there is a relationship of a son and a father. There is a relationship of a, of a parent to their children. You know, which meant when you become a son, he wants a relationship with you. You know, that, that, and, and that's sorry, just sorry for me there, just to pick on that point you made. Yeah, Sam and Pastor Diwell actually had an unlock moment in yeah. that scripture. I think yeah. Sam gave him um, a, a verse. <laughs> yeah. A verse. Yeah, I think he mentioned where the older brother thought um, he always referenced the, 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 the servants as slaves. Yeah. And then the younger brother, the prodigal son, Seven. we called them as hired servants. Mm-hmm. But now by what I'm picking up from you, Femi, is that both of them were wrong because, OK, what, what am I trying to say? So the older brother is getting mm-hmm. the idea of slaves, which yeah. is what God doesn't want. The prodigal son is also getting the idea of hired servants, which is OK, mm-hmm. but it's still not what they are attaining for. That's not what God really wants us to be. Yeah. God wants us to be sons. Yeah, but Slaves. look at what he compared it to. He said, I would rather be a hired servant, which meant he, he still understood the place of a, of sonship because otherwise he, he wouldn't have no, been able to. I, ref- I don't think he did. No? No. He okay. still wants to belittle himself. He still wants to, to get a, a lower level. Where they, when he himself is a son, he wants to believe himself and become a high yeah. servant. Yeah. I, I think there's a part whereby when people sin, they feel they are not worthy. And I think, I think actually the key to that is I'm no longer worthy mm. to be called your son. He, he just, he ruled himself out. Out. Yeah. He knew there was a possibility, but then he was like, actually, I'm not, I'm not worthy because for it. That, that I've done. Yeah. Because of, now, and also you could talk, you know, when you talk about people not wanting to approach God, people not wanting to come into Christianity, maybe people who have been hurt, you know, maybe they see themselves as damaged goods, mm. you know, they see themselves as if God isn't protecting me in the way that they understand that God would have protected them or yeah. should have protected them, then maybe they're not good enough. Mm. Now, I'm not here to make excuses for anybody or, you know, kind of try to, to get to the depths of what people are feeling but there is a big thing there is a huge thing among christians of just feeling less than and it's just unfortunate that sin has this thing 
where it makes us feel less than. Even when, you know, God is saying, come boldly to the throne of grace, Mm. right? Sin just has this thing where it makes you feel you have to earn. And Mm. I think... Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. Um, But if it's just sin, this is just the case of the prodigal son. What about the older brother? He's seen himself as a slave. But like the older brother is like any other believer nowadays in church, serving, 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 Mm. thinks of himself as a slave. It's not, we can't blame it on sin. What's the, what's the the mindset of this um, older brother? What's playing on him to be able to think of himself as a slave? I think like Pastor Daryl mentioned, either Pastor Daryl or Sam, um, that there was never, there was maybe the lack of it. Um, of a relationship between himself and the father. So he, he didn't have the, like, there was no relationship established in terms of this is who you are. And why Sam mentioned the fact that the younger son had the boldness to be able to approach the father. So he understood the sonship. Clearly, there were things the father was saying that the younger son was was getting into. Yes, but the, the older not. did not. Because you know, when, the, the closest wasn't there. Exactly. And when we look at that scripture in Hebrews that talks about coming boldly to the throne of grace, what did it say after that? To obtain mercy. So many a time we feel damned. We feel like, no way, I'm not worthy to go back to God after we've sinned or after we've done something that we, in our own eyes, we feel like, no, God is, is going to push me away. But that's why the scripture encourages us to come boldly. When we come boldly, what are we receiving? We're receiving mercy, you know, that we receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. So, so what I'm getting that, from both of you now, because this is an answer to my question and uh, to anybody <laughs> else, is that, and this is just, just as a note, what, you know, really diminishes or, can I say, blurs our vision of our identity is number one, in the term, in the, in the case of the younger brother was sin. We can, we can both agree that it was sin. Mm-hmm. And we talked about sin as a separator and what it does to us. It messes up our mind about our identity, about who we are, about what we can access and what we can't access. And in the case of the older brother, what messed up his identity was a lack of a personal encounter or relationship. So these two things, sin and a lack of relationship, can really distort our identity. Thanks, guys. And essentially what those things are, are just things that are separating us. Where there is sin, you have this separation. Where there is a lack of personal contact or, you know, just understanding, that's also a separator. So I, I think really what we're saying here is that any time that, and I want to say this just to clarify it, sin is a very powerful word. Sin is a word that has existed for a long time. Sin is a word that's used in the Bible. Sin is a word that's used in popular culture. Sin is a word that is being mocked sometimes in our contemporary culture as well. And I think it has in some ways probably lost its meaning. And I think actually Mm. sometimes people are kind of bold and audacious with it that they actually want to commit sin. There's There's a song, I believe, that's titled, It's a Sin. You know, every, every time I do whatever, 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 it's a sin. Every time I, that's, that's the meaning of the song. Every time I try to express myself, it's a sin. someone says it's a sin, mm-hmm. right? That's a song. And there, somebody's there singing it in a concert and everyone is, you know, singing the lyrics to this. And yeah, so plug be me it. the playlist, plug me the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a sin. <Yeah. laughs> um, 
the point I want to make is that I think it's important actually that not necessarily that we change the words of the Bible, but that we update it in a way that is, you know, concurrent with what is actually going on in the world right now. Um, I, and this is why when we were about to start this Family Matters kind of series, I started kind of talking about this idea of separators. Sin, you know, if you really boil it down to what it is, it's just something that's separating you from God. And so when we talk about coming boldly to the throne of grace, the way that I would phrase it is, if there is anyone who for any reason feels that they are separate from God, that God is not near them, that they are not near God, that there is a distance, that they cannot relate, they cannot understand, they cannot communicate, they cannot feel God's presence. If there's anyone, God is literally saying to you, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Come to accept mercy, come to get mercy, Mm. and to find grace in your time of need. It's not about sin, it's just if you feel separate. Mm. And sometimes, as Ebube pointed out, it's just, you know, it's not always sin. You just feel separate. Yeah, yeah. Right? You just feel separate. Maybe you've been praying for 15,000 years, like Hannah, and you're just not hearing and you feel separate. You feel like... Does she live that long? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Two thousand years, bro. (laughs) Go on, go on. Hyperbole, hyperbole. I'm sorry. So, um, either way, I just that's 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 that's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so 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 moving on, guys. Let's let's not. I, I I get you, Sam. But moving on, let's let's go to this point about you guys keep on mentioning coming boldly. And I think yes. Pastor Diewill shook some tables there when he says that coming boldly can be a problem. So I want to get yes. both of you yes. um, perspective on that statement when he says coming boldly can be a problem. And just to start off um, the conversation, I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 14, um, verse 12. And this, um, it's a bit of a, okay, I'll, I'll just read it out and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it from here. So it says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So why am I reading the scripture? So I, I listened to Pastor Darius comment on that and I was like, okay, this son, what the son was actually doing was he came boldly to the father and we made a request. But Pastor Daiwe was like, you know, we need to be really careful about the request we're making and we need to filter it out. We need to make sure that any request that, yes, we can come boldly. Why, why the verse says come boldly is because it's almost like giving you the idea that you have no need to be afraid. You are a son. You can come to me as you please. I am your father. Then, you know, come. But I don't really think it gives us, and the, the word Pastor will um, uses is the audacity to make such demands. Because this is Lucifer here. And <laughs> I could almost say he there was a point where he came boldly before God. So now he's just coming down to the idea of when is it too far to, for us to come boldly and ask from God? Okay. Uh, that was a long question. But, um, <laughs> I'm still uh, processing uh, it. Thanks, <laughs> Still trying to get to the bottom of it. But what I would say is that um, I, I think 
there's a responsibility with communication. You know, when you want to communicate, you have to choose what you're going to say. And actually, I would say that everything important in life is a choice. You can choose to be nice or to not be nice. You can choose to talk nicely or to not talk nicely. You can choose to be mean or to be nice. Everything is a choice. So when you want to come boldly, you're faced with a choice. Do I do it boldly, as in literally, or do I do it understanding that actually I'm actually asking? You know, it's not mine. I'm asking. You come boldly to the throne of grace. And I think it's actually in the sentence, come boldly to the throne of grace. So when it's a throne of grace, that means you're coming for grace. That means you're subject. That means you're lower, right? So that just determines already what the approach should be. It's come boldly, certainly, but it's with humility. Humble. Mm. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's, that's it. If if you're, and also grace and mercy, if you're coming to get mercy, you you know, it's because nobody comes in like that. Exactly. Give me mercy, will you? It makes no (laughs) sense. Give it to me. It It makes makes no no sense. sense. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I'll just jump in there as well. Um, I think Sam, you just, um, you, you finished it off there. And thanks. And thanks, Abubi, as well for, for such question. And because it, it sort of triggers our, our thought process. You know, it, it helps us to think, okay, and come boldly. Some people could come boldly like the son. Yeah. Give me this. Give me that or that. And I, I need 10,000 right now. Or I need a Ferrari or I need this. But obviously you're not, you're, you're not matured enough. If you come like that, um, but in the sentence of coming boldly to God, you're coming to a throne, you're coming to the creator of the universe. So you, you, you though you come boldly and the boldly, the scripture puts that boldly there um, for us to, to, to be able to have a posture, not a posture, a physical posture, but even from our heart already. And because always remember the devil, he says your adversary. You know, he goes about and what he does is he accuses us. So without you even approaching the throne already, the devil comes accusing you in your mind, in your thoughts. So he comes when he went to Jesus. I'm sure he didn't show physically all of those things, all of those conversations were happening through his mind as he was showing him everything. You know, and he was looking at it. He was examining everything. Likewise, us, as we are approaching God, the devil as well, through thoughts, through our minds. Like That's why the scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. So as we are approaching, we are guarding our hearts, we are guarding our minds, obviously through the word of God. Um, and we are approaching boldly because God already knows that the enemy will come to throw darts of accusation at you so when you come you're coming as a son you're coming as a as a child and you're coming as one who has come to receive mercy and and grace so that i think that's what i would just chip in to that i would just jump in you made a good point there that he's accusing you to yourself right but he's also accusing you to god because he did the same to job but then as well i think as well when it says come boldly it's actually saying to you Come boldly because I know what sin will do to you. Mm-hmm. I know what that feeling will do to you. It will make you not want to come. So exactly. actually do come and mm-hmm. do come boldly. 
And I, you know, that's, that's it. And I, God has these little nuggets in the Bible that we just need to drill down into and understand and get. One other thing I will say is that the devil accuses us. And I, I think I said it in one of the introductory podcasts to the, this series is that we are being bombarded every day, you know, in, in a ridiculous way, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact of it is the amount of bombardments that we take from the world and from the devil, it, it far outweighs what we are getting from God. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a huge deficit there. We are hearing so much more of what is wrong with us than what is good about us. And, you know, that's why you need to hear come boldly. Mm. You know, if, if you're hearing, you know, what's what's that scripture? Um, Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, yeah, yeah. you may observe to do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Then you make your way prosperous and have good success. Yeah. Right. If if the amount that you are reading that outweighs what the devil is saying to you in your mind, you're in you're in a good nick. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Thanks, guys. Um, Abel, well, you've been asking questions. Well, yeah. I, I, it's not really a question. It's just something to chip in. And, and I know maybe I went a bit far. Bringing in the whole idea of Lucifer. <laughs> well, actually, I, I think it's I think it's important you bring it in. But, <laughs> but I, it, it does say that Lucifer said in his heart, yes, you know, yeah, yes, yes, that I want to be like the Most High, and I think mm-hmm. this this is what he's implanting in his children because the Bible makes us understand that you know you are children, you're like okay. your father, the devil. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I certainly did. This point marks the end of part one. Part two of this discussion will be uploaded shortly. From all of us at That Christian Next Door, we wish you a happy new year and God's presence to be with you all the way through. Talk to you soon.